We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, what's good? We are back. We are in the middle of Final Four. Oh, actually, we're nearing the end of Final Four week. As slow as this week has gone, just all time slow. AB, I saw you tweeting about it. It's 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 the worst because you see all this content. You get it, which is fun. It makes the week go by better. But just all you can think about is Saturday, five oh nine p.m. That's all that's on your mind. Um, Final Four week, it's great. Feels so good to be here. Two days away, boys. So we thought. We had kind of a easy, slow, fun episode on Tuesday. We wanted to come at you guys with a little Villanova preview, kind of dig in deep to this Villanova team and uh, figure out if we're going to win this dang thing. So, uh, B-Turn, first off, welcome welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing great. Obviously, super excited for the weekend and not trying to get my hopes up too much, but I feel – I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel really good at least – for us playing on Monday night for the title. Yeah, it's a uh it's a little concerning. AB, your confidence has been sky high this entire tournament. Uh how are you feeling after sitting here for the last 5 days and just waiting? Sometimes I'm your just, mind can play tricks on you. I feel like I'm acting like you guys now. I'm suddenly nervous about Saturday. It feels like you guys have been yeah. nervous Nancy's all tournament long and I've been the one keeping you guys calm, I guess. Uh but yeah, I don't know. I'm just maybe it's the past couple of times we've played Villanova, but I'm very nervous. All right. Well, that's a good good place to start. And, you know, I, I, I sat down today. I kind of, you know, we're not going to get super all Jesse Newell analytical on you guys. Like, we're just going to call it how we see it. AB, you might, but we're going to call it how we see it. There's a few things I want to point out. But, like, the first thing that jumps off the board to me is this is not the 2018 Villanova Wildcats. I mean, that team was an absolute juggernaut. I, I don't know what you, how you feel, A.B. Was that 2018 team a top? I mean, that's one of the best teams in the last, like, 30 years, right? Yeah, they were one of those teams. I don't know how you guys felt, like, during that season, but I remember looking back, like, regular season in 2018 and just kind of continuously telling myself that they were the best team in the country. And they're not that this year. I mean, though that team had they started four pros. Am I wrong on that? DiVincenzo and Michael Bridges and Brunson. Was Brunson there for that? Yeah. Or am I getting those mixed yeah, up? Yeah, I don't even Spellman. I don't even know if DiVincenzo started. Yeah. Because it was and he, like yeah. and he won the tur the final four MOP or MVP or whatever they call it. Like that team was just loaded. Yeah, they had yeah. J- Jalen Brunson was National Player of the Year, and then Michael Bridges lottery pick. DiVincenzo ended up going in the first round, and then Pascal and Spellman stepping out, hitting threes that game. And um, Just who, I think Phil so Booth might have was Phil Booth the other starter. That sounds right. Yeah, man. I think I think that's who. Anyways, we're not going to spend time but, on that game. I just wanted to point out they're not the 2018 Villanova Wildcats. So I know it's terrifying. You know, we've seen Villanova in some title dreams. The 2016 Villanova loss is almost like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like that loss hurts more to me than the 2018 loss, right? Because that Villanova team went on to win the title in 2016. But I think as you watch that Final Four, you kind of realized 
the two best teams that year might have been in the same region. Like we got pretty screwed that year with the region. We had to play Villanova as our two seed when we were the number one overall seed. So like when I think back at games that caused me the most pain, it's that 2016 Villanova team, which was just like kind of the classic. That game was kind of grinded out. Uh, we couldn't hit shots. They didn't hit a ton of shots, but they just executed better than us late. Um, so Villanova's given us a ton of just bad memories. We're scared of them. We feel when you see Villanova in front of us, you don't like to see it. But as I, I'm saying all this to get into, like I'm seeing Villanova. I'm seeing what they've got. They certainly are scary because of their name. But when you just look at what's on paper – I really feel good about the Hawks. So, Beecher, I'm going to throw it to you. Tell me a little bit about this Villanova team. Like, what are the main things you see when you're looking at their team? You watched them all year, probably lost tons of money gambling against them or gambling with them. I don't know. Either way, you've lost money. But go ahead. Give us your little your thoughts on Villanova just right out the gates. Um, they obviously – they play super slow. Like, they walk the ball up the court, pound the ball into the ground, get shots late in the possession. So, you got to be patient defensively. Um, super veteran-led team. Like, Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels are fifth-year seniors, and they they were – Samuels didn't really play in 18, but they were on that national title team, so they have experience. It's their last go at it. I mean, Gillespie got hurt last year. Didn't get to play in the tournament. He's back this year. Um, they don't make mistakes. Like, we've watched Jay Wright's teams. They don't make mistakes. They On offense, they pump fake. They're really good at drawing fouls, getting to the line. And I think – I mean, I'm sure you guys have looked at Villanova stuff this week. They make free throws. Um, I think they're the best free throw shooting team in the country. But Like a historically good free yeah, throw shooting They're like team, 83% as a team, which is insane. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Gillespie hasn't missed. Yeah, he hasn't missed a free throw in the tournament. So, and he hasn't really got going yet, which is kind of scary. Like, just seems like a guy that could just go nuts against us. And kind of all week, I've really thought that it's going to take, I know they're really good defensively and they don't make mistakes, but it feels to me like it's going to take, it's going to, they're going to need like a almost historical performance by one of those dudes, like Samuels or Gillespie to have like 25, 30, and then a random guy role player guy like Brandon Slater or Caleb Daniels or Archie Diacono, Eric Dixon or something to just go like have 20 or something. I don't know. Cause I don't see like the way we're defending right now and them losing Jay Wright called him their best player. Like I don't see, I don't know if they'll score more than 60 points, honestly. And I feel confident yeah. in us doing that. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. We obviously Gillespie's a stud and is very capable of going out and putting up 25. But when you lose a guy like Moore, you're so thin as it is. It's like it it's gonna come down to Gillespie or Samuels. Now, I mean, I'll get into maybe in a bit like why that does kind of scare me because I don't necessarily love our matchup in those two areas against those guys. But it does feel like. Gillespie, Samuels, those are the guys that if we're going to lose this game, it's going to be because those are guys making plays, scoring 20-plus, making the big plays down the stretch. Um, but like you said, experienced team. I think they start – they will start senior in Brandon Slater, senior in Jermaine Samuels, senior in uh, Colin Gillespie, senior in Caleb Daniels, and sophomore in Eric Dixon. So, I mean, super experienced and it's just like classic Villanova. They're turning into that team that just, if it's late in the game or if it's a close game, you, you're you riding with Villanova because they are just – but that's also how KU's made a ton of money these years. Like that's their bread and butter, winning close games. So, A.B., what are your initial takeaways? What are you, what are you seeing with this game? And uh, how do you feel about the old Nova Wildcats? Well, one thing I did see is like half of the shots they take are threes. So I think that's where a little bit of the concern comes from is all it takes is one hot night. And if they're, you know, I think it's 47% of their shots from the field are from three. If they just have a hot night. They're going to score way more points than they would, you know, normally do, or they like to, or what you would think they would based on their pace. And that's a little terrifying just because of, I mean, I know I'm bringing up history again in a team that this is not, but that 2018 team just didn't miss a shot. And yeah. obviously, they had more talent. But if you make your threes, then that kind of makes teams a little bit more even. So that's one thing that caught my eye. But kind of like you guys said, the free throw shooting in a close game. 
Um, they're good at drawing fouls. They the posting up their guards. I didn't really notice this, but I've heard a lot about that Gillespie, this week, just yeah. with people talking. Um, I don't know if that worries me as much, just because our wings are pretty big, and even Dewan, even though he's shorter, he's so long that if they just stay true to trying to guard, then hopefully they can't, you know, get as good of a matchup down low. But I don't know. I just, especially in that Miami game in the first half, we bought or we fell for so many pump fakes. I don't know if you yeah. guys noticed that in real time, but every yeah. single time they pumped, they pumped a shot. We were jumping, we we're flying through the air, and Villanova seems like they do that as yeah. good as anyone, both inside and outside. And if that's getting to the line or getting them an open shot or, you know, forcing us to double team so they can kick out someone else, like those are a few things that when I vision Villanova winning this game, like that's what's going to kill us in my mind. That was like yeah, one of the I mean, first. That was like one of the first things Oach and Bill started talking about right after the game. Like Jeff Goodman interviewed um, Oach on the floor, and they immediately started about how Nova pump fakes, posts up their guards, and that was a big thing with Justin Moore too. Like mm-hmm. he would post, finish, get to the line, make free throws, hit threes, mid range. Like dude, I don't like that's such a big loss, and I'm so like I feel so bad for him. I'm not trying to like smile and yeah. be happy that he's hurt, but that is a huge loss. Like the way Jay Wright talked about him yesterday is like not only the most valuable player on their team, but one of the most valuable in the entire country. And he can guard one through five and he's their best defender. I think he averages about six boards a game. Like, I mean, he's nearly their yeah. leading scorer. He's right there with Gillespie at 15 a night. So man, that's, yeah. that's huge. And they were, Jay Wright was already worried about going into Houston with a shorter rotation and then they lose maybe their best player. Yeah, it it is it does suck. Like I would have I don't want the narrative to be if we do win this game that we only won it because Justin Moore was out because I do think if Justin Moore was healthy this game we could like I still think we'd be favored. Like so we would I wouldn't worry about I mean, that though. I wouldn't worry about narrative. Yeah. It, because it really like, doesn't it, matter. Look, look back to 2012, no one really remembers that uh I can't remember his name right now. The Kendall, point guard Kendall Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I uh, Stillman White was that the dude that filled in for him? Yeah, just got his shit absolutely sent to half court. I watched, court by Jeff I watched that game last night. But like my point is, <laughs> is no one really remembers that that happened, and that's you know a reason that you know helped us win that game or whatever. Ten years guess, down yeah, the line, for sure. Can you guys guess how many points UNC scored in that game in the last five minutes and ten seconds? It couldn't Zero? have been many because it was wasn't it like. 40, 40 at half or something. Yeah. It was 68, yeah. 68, 67, and we won 80 to 67. Yeah. There's like a there's a there's a whole YouTube video on Bill Self running triangle and two on YouTube. And it was Dude, just I insane. forgot about that. I yeah, know, so um which I don't know. I doubt we'll have to break that out, anything like that against Villanova. But when you look at the the team now, they are so I don't know. Feel I guess Caleb Daniels is pretty good. He averages ten a game, but like I don't know if we see Gillespie and Samuels kind of get going. I, I'm not throwing out the idea of seeing a triangle and two type situation. But uh, what I wanted to point out, AB, you said they shoot a lot of threes. I'm looking at how they played recently. I think they were pretty. I don't think they made a lot of shots against Michigan, did they? Like that was a pretty ugly game. Um, I wasn't but watching I know a whole against, lot of that because it was going head to head with. Gonzaga and Arkansas. So that was just yeah. a single TV had the Gonzaga game going. So, But then against Houston, they went five of 21 from three. So I don't know if you're, <laughs> if you're like, if you're getting nervous, you know, I don't know how they shot against Michigan. I thought I wrote that down, but I don't. Does well, it, average, they maybe. might, they might get hot, but Houston shot one of 20 against from them. Three. And we, have not shot well at all our last few games from three. So I don't know if you're just, if you're trying to play the law of averages games, there's a lots of, th- there's lots of things that make you think both teams are going to hit shots. Like I, I don't think Villanova and KU have gotten here playing their a game. Right. I think they've both just kind of grinded games. I mean, they scored what 50 points against Houston, which is what they, where they want to be kind of, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what stood out to me is I don't think either of these teams has played that good yet. Other than our second half, um, I think they were pretty solid against Ohio State. But like, other than that, I don't know. Both these teams feel due for a pretty good game. Why are you smirking, B turn? <laughs> I just, I haven't even. I was at the game, obviously in Chicago. I haven't even got to talk about the game on here. Like, forty forty seven to fifteen in the second half. <laughs> I mean, welcome I, back. 
The Hawks made the Final Four. I kind of wanted to talk about it with you guys a little bit because, like, I don't really know how you guys fully felt going into halftime, but I felt like shit. When Gusty was going off, their other guards weren't doing much, and then our guards were just non-existent, and it's 35-29 at half, and I'm like, we're going to lose in the Elite Eight to a double-digit seed again, and then, yeah, they did that defensively, and that's why I'm most excited about this team right now. They have a ton of momentum now. After that second half, like, they can go on a run like that, and how I kind of look at it is Remy willed us past Creighton and Providence. And now I feel like there was some pressure on Oach in the elite eight because he hadn't done much and he stepped up. And now I don't see how there's any pressure on us at all going into new Orleans. Like Oach can go out and play. Yeah. Him and CB can raise their draft stock in new Orleans, but they got there. They hadn't gone deep in the tournament yet in their careers. And now they're there in new Orleans and they're going in with a ton of momentum. And I don't, I don't see how there's any pressure on them at all, and especially since the only thing that's being talked about is uh, UNC Duke. Yeah, me and uh, me and AB talked about this last pod and, or two pods ago. I don't know, but we talked all these last few years about how the 2018 team was so happy to be there. Um, what I've loved so far, even in media day interviews since, things players have said. This team is not just happy to be at the Final Four. Like, this team, they see the opportunity. It's there. You are all of a sudden two good games away from winning a national title. I think Bill said it. It gives you, like, chills to hear it. But, like, Oach is set, if he gets two more wins, to have the best season any Kansas players had since Danny Manning. Like, that's insane to think in future and 30 years down the road, kids might be talking about Ochai Abaji's season the same way. I mean – Different because Danny was like the leading scorer all time program history. But like still, when you look back on the 2022 season, Oates would have the type of legendary season that Danny Manning did. Um, So, yeah, me and AB had a chance to talk about that. Like we're just so pumped that this team truly seems to be on a mission. And I don't know. I I assume you're feeling the same way. Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about all week because I think you were really – I never really noticed it. Like, I don't know if you were in San Antonio, but I was out there. So I was just there with my family, not really – I didn't pay too much too much attention to the media stuff. But I think you were the first one that ever pointed that out to me is, like, it kind of felt like a happy-to-be-there moment. And it makes a lot of sense because 2016, they lose in the Elite Eight to Villanova. 2017, they lose to Oregon in the Elite Eight. So beating Duke in 2018 was just, like, the ultimate monkey off your back. And Dita and Sfee and – those guys were on those teams that lost. So it's like, they just felt happy to be there. It's not like they went there and didn't want to win a natty, but there's a completely different like focus and vision for this weekend. And you can just see it. The player, like, I I mean, we're not, we're not just like saying that. I feel like, like you can see it kind of in their eyes, the way they talk and bill, like bill is just so determined to win that natty. Well, I just think back to even bills. You remember the post game in 2018, like bill self was like in tears, like, that guy, he said it was, like, the greatest he's ever felt. I remember that, him being like, it's the greatest I ever felt about a group. And, like, you could see the monkey, like, because he was. I remember when he lost to Oregon in the Elite Eight. Like, he got an interview. I can't remember if it was Dana Jacobson who it was. They, like, interviewed him. They were like, Bill, your, your record in the Elite Eights, what, at that point, was it two and – I mean, it was bad. Like, it was six, two and seven. Two two and six, and it's like you're oh, or you're one and whatever from in the Elite Eight is a one seed. Like, what went wrong? And, like, question – people were starting to really not – I mean, Phil Self's pretty untouchable, but, like, people were at least starting to really question him as, like, his ability in March. So that 2018 game just won based on how that season had kind of gone early in the year – Two, you lost so much from the 2017 team. Um, it did just feel like, wow, what an accomplishment to get to this Final Four. And then we obviously had a good celebration the other night, and Bill was funny, and you did it. But it was like, it's kind of celebrate, do your more. thing. And just the way things have – the way they've talked since we got there is just different to me. Like, you hear Bill say things, I loved this, where – I mean, he addressed it. He was like, look. We're blue blood, but Kentucky's got eight titles. Duke's got five. North Carolina's got whatever they have, six. uh, I think six. Uh, Villanova's got two in the last six years. And Duke's won two in the last 15 years and 12 years. UNC's won three. And like, he's like, we, Kansas, we've killed, we're doing everything right, but we just really lack in the area of championships a little bit when you're, when you're comparing it to those teams only. 
doesn't mean we suck. It just means we've we've come up short a few times. So, AB, I think this is a good point. This is a good time for you to bring out your stat you threw to the group chat. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of off the rails all over the place here, but it's an interesting <laughs> point. AB, fire it up because it – I mean, again, we, we throw out hypotheticals, averages, BS, things like that. But, I mean, it's life. So, let's hear it. Yeah, I was doing a little digging because it felt like, especially with Duke, since the last two times they went to the Final Four, they won it. But Duke's won the last three Final Fours they've been to. Nova's won their last two. Carolina's won three of their last four. And we've won one of our last seven. And haven't won one since 08. We're 0 for our last two. And we're like for three. That's, so I like it, it that. depends on how you view it. Like maybe in, obviously, except North Carolina, Nova and Duke have the same coaches. But are they just better? Or is, we always kind of view the tournament as a coin flip. Just, you know, whatever happens, yeah. happens. It's single elimination. But. Are we just simply due to come out and get a championship because we get there, I mean, often enough to where it should just break our way? Are we really going to be one for our last eight? I don't know. It, yeah, it's just, that, that's kind of my thinking. Is it made, made, made me more confident personally, but it almost sounded like it made Braden like less confident looking at it. Well, at first, and then I was kind of like, yeah, we're due. Yeah. Like, is Coach <laughs> but... K really going to win the last three final fours he went to? Wait, I don't not to not to ruin your stat. It still makes sense. Has Coach K really been to the last three? Didn't he lose to UConn in like 04 in the final four? Well, he no, he's won three of his last four. Okay. And then he's won his last two. So he won in fifteen. He won his last better. this would be his third straight. Yeah. That would, this would be his third straight. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Do okay. you guys do you guys still feel like we're being overlooked? And do you guys like that? Like I still feel like people don't think this KU team's that talented, but it's like they're the last one seed, and then, like I but said earlier, like, they're talking about um, UNC Duke. So it's like it's we can just go in and play free, is which is a good thing. I've got I don't know. Ab, I go first. Do you want me? Oh, to go I was first? just gonna say like, well, I'll go real quick because mine's okay. quick. We're we're kind of getting overlooked from storyline standpoint, but everyone's picking us to win this game. That's true, and. I don't think anyone would be shocked if we, like, I think some people pick us to beat Duke. So, I don't know. A.B., what were you going to say about it? I was going to say, like, if we're looking at it, because I know you go back a month or six weeks, whenever that, like, TCU TCU loss was, I don't think any of us would have thought we were being being a Final Four or the second favorite to win a title and almost the same odds as Duke to win it all. But you look at all these teams, like, what did we think about Duke when they got pumped by North Carolina and then lost in the ACC tournament? Like, I tweeted out that they stink. And what do we think yeah. about Carolina, like, going back a month? What did we – I've kind yeah. of been low on Nova all year. So, just given the four teams that are left, I mean, teams that I thought would win the tournament, none of them are still, like, Gonzaga, Kentucky, um, you know, those kind of teams lost yeah. early. So, I mean, maybe we're being overlooked, but I just think if it's if it's tied in with that old narrative of, like, what people have felt about us all year long, well, I mean, you could kind of say that for any of these teams. It's crazy yeah. thinking about like how I felt even after Texas on senior day. Like we had to mm-hmm. scrape to win that game. Dave saved our ass and it's like a completely different team. Remy didn't even I don't think he played in that game. I don't I don't know, but he played like senior night minutes. The way they yeah, the way they found they found something in Kansas City and now going forward it's like I don't know, I was kind of just looking at the matchups yesterday in this game. It's like Colin Gillespie is considered one of the better players in the country. Obviously, he's a proven winner, but it's like just matching up positions, it makes me feel good. Because like I feel like Remy can run with Gillespie, and we have the National Player of the Year candidate, and then Jalen and CB, obviously. So it's like I feel like we just match up really well, and they have no size either. And I've been listening to stuff all week too, and Ryan's boy Jeff Goodman has been making a good point this week where who in the country is better – um, than Bill Self at getting his guys the ball in the post. Yeah. And so he's like, he's just been saying all week he doesn't see how Villanova can run with us for 40 minutes, like a four, full 40 minute game. Like maybe they can be in it a half, but with their size and how many bodies they're down, like I've almost got to the point where I think we can win by double digits, which is crazy. But I also sit back and think, like, how do you blow out Villanova? Because they're that good defensively. They make free throws, they don't make mistakes. And, they're so they are so like veteran led and so well coached. I'll just throw one yeah. thing out about the like Goodman saying that self's awesome at getting the ball in the post, and he is. I'm not denying that. But if we're like comparing this to like the Creighton game, for example, that we just played, Dave did nothing. 
he couldn't get anything going even with that like mismatch advantage. So, I mean, it could happen where Dave just munches and takes advantage of the size. But, I mean, I can also see a, a game where he goes, you know, one of three from the field and plays 14 minutes because hey. we're trying to go Jalen at the five and make sure that, you know, they're not getting, you know, five-man threes like we did in 2018. Um, we pointed this out, though. Dave – and the last regular season game for the Big 12 title against Texas was fantastic. And then in the Elite Eight, he was fantastic. The guy shows up when the lights are bright. Um, so if, if he's a shell of what he is uh, this the, in this two-game tournament, if we do play two games like he was against Miami, I, we're going to be insanely tough to beat. But if here's the thing. Go ahead. I, I don't – this game is not going to be – I don't think – I kind of like – I, I get what Goodman's saying, but like to me, this game is not won in the post with David McCormick. This game is won by David getting rebounds, Jalen getting rebounds, and us pushing the hell out of the ball up the floor and just playing fast. Because Villanova, they are 345th in tempo on Kempom. Like they play so slow. It's what they want to do. Um, and yeah. we saw it in the second half against Miami. We got stops, we got rebounds. We just blew the doors off those guys once we started running a little bit so the key is going to be like dixon i mean they don't have size but i mean dixon's a he's a big bulky dude like he's gonna give dave some issues so we got to find a way to rebound because samuels is a stud uh he's big strong him and Jalen will be an interesting matchup if that's what it is I, i don't i don't really know what defensive matchups will be but I just hope yeah. we play pa- fast. I hope we don't resort to just force-feeding Dave, which I guess if you're in the half court and you're running offense, that's probably fine. But I don't know. I mean – I just – I feel good about us running for 40 minutes when they got – their bench is going to be like Brian Antoine and Arch- Archie Diacono. It's like I'm sure I'll eat my words and one of those dudes could hit four threes. But it's like can you trust guys like that who don't play big minutes in this big of a game, like in that big of a crowd and stadium and the – stakes are that high so it's like how how often really will jay wright throw those two dudes in there and it's like i feel like like goodman said it could be a game for a half and then ku could just pull away with the way we run and things like that so i feel good over a 40 minute span that yeah i think we'll at least cover and i think under is the biggest lock in the tournament like of all god game this tournament like 133 can i scare you guys with something Yes. I don't know if you guys looked into this at all, but Villanova did play one game without Justin Moore this year. Have you guys seen this? Yeah, mm-hmm. I forget who they played. They, really they well. beat UConn, who was ranked yeah. at the time. Uh, now, I don't think they're going to do this again because this is like an absurd 2018 Final Four appearance. Or, yeah, they won 85 to 74. They shot 60% from the field and 55% from three. Uh, Dixon went 24 and 12. Archie Diacono played 26 minutes. It's like, I don't think they can like repeat that, especially on this stage, but like just seeing that, that they have at least a tiny bit of experience without him and put up maybe their best offensive performance of the year. Like that does. I think that, I think that is a, I think that is a UConn lost to New Mexico state in the first round problem and not a Bill Self in Kansas problem. Yeah. But one game for March overrides the whole five seed season that they had. I also do. Well, I'm just, I worry oh, about them like playing inspired ball too. Like you, you see that all the time. A guy goes down, like, kind of like Roderick Stewart in 08, but a guy goes down and people start stepping up. It's like with Nova, it's like they're such a solid program, and it's like it really is just a next man up thing. Like everyone's gonna buy in the system, everyone's gonna guard, everyone's gonna execute on offense, and all of them are gonna make their free throws, and they're just not gonna kill themselves. So it's like, yeah, I just keep flipping my mind. Like it's gonna be a close game, and then I'm like. Well, we, we're clicking. We got a bunch of momentum. They're down bodies. Maybe we could pull away and win by 10 or so. But it's like Jay Wright. And if they do have another crazy shooting performance, I'm just, I, yeah. I'm going to, I'm done. Like, I, I hate Jay Here, Wright. I hate Nova. Well, can I say this? I got a couple points. But the first thing is like, Jay, I'm so sick of how nice and perfect Jay Wright is. Like, dude, do something to make me hate you. You've absolutely pumped us the last – or you've broken our hearts the last two times we've played you. But you come back every press conference and you're like, I, I just respect Bill Self and that program so much. Kansas fans are so polite. Dude, make me hate you. You are supposed to be a villain and you just won't become one. 
And it's no. like, I've got some buddies that they've told me this for years. They think Jay Wright, and I don't see it, but they like, you remember how long ago I was kind of like Coach K's a slime ball and people don't see it. And I felt that way. And now people have seen it. They are like that with Jay Wright, where they're like, he's too nice. He's hiding something, bodies buried, <laughs> blah, 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 you know, all the cliches. And I've never seen it, but like, I don't know how much you follow to his press conferences so far, but like, how frustrating is it that that guy's just the nicest guy in the world? I almost tweeted earlier about how likable he is because like he yeah. hypes our he hypes our program up he hypes bill up like he was like oozing over bill self's out of timeout and like inbound play like the shit he draws up like he was just like it's so good and bill just teaches them to defend so well and he he honestly made 2018 not sting as much because he was talking about how <laughs> almost how fluky that performance was yeah. and how it was like a joke he said he looked down at bill and was like damn i've been there before so it's like he kind of made yeah. 2018 feel a little better even yeah, he's like poking us like we're a little just helpless puppy. He was like, oh, I looked down at their bench and they look so sad. I felt, shut up, Jay Wright. Just tell everyone you pumped us and move on with it. Quit being so nice and likable. It's driving me <laughs> insane. What are you guys going to do if we lose to him again in the semis, in this big know. of a game? I'll be out it will be... You guys can handle it. <laughs> it will be just so... Oh, I don't even know. It'll just be so def I think the word is deflating, right? Like there's it will just like it'll be hard to even be mad. It'll just be like, oh my god, they got us again. And I it's just like even when it's kind of how you know how like it would kind of be like, and this is pretty rare for KU, but like how big 12 teams I think feel with KU, where it's like you know, they'll have us down. We're, we're in their building. It's a road game. We're down. We're, we're struggling. We've got to leave. Kind of like K-State this year where we just looked bad. They had it going. And we just slowly grind away, grind away, grind away, and win. And that fan base just sat in that building like, you know, like uh, Jesse Pinkman breaking bad gif of like, they can't keep getting away with this. Like, that's how I'm going to feel if Villanova beats us again. So especially, especially got that tweet drafted up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Especially when this, uh, when this team isn't even close to, I mean, especially yeah. without more, isn't close to 16 or 18, like, um. Yeah, because 16 had pros, 18 – like, even Jay Wright this morning, he said, we don't have close to the firepower we had in 18. Like, obviously, that's pretty obvious. But if he finds a way to squeak this one out, it's going to be like a 55-53 win, and he's going to just put on a defensive clinic and execute on offense and find ways to get to the line and things like that. So it's like, if he gets Bill again, I don't even know. But it would be nice because they would be – Bill wins. It's 2-2, two and two, I believe, against each other in the tournament. So – and we ended up winning it yeah. in 08. So it's like, watch us beat them and win the title. And it's almost like you forget about 18. You can forget about pretty easy because it's like, I wasn't yeah. even mad. At, I wasn't even mad about that game. It's like, we scored 80 points and lost stunning. by 16. Yeah. So, all right. I want to throw this game out there, AB. I don't know how much, how much research you've done on this, but I was just kind of looking for teams that had similar offensive and defensive efficiency efficiency to us and now breaking news we're in the top 20 we've been begging to be in the top 20 all year um now this isn't perfect but like baylor ku baylor was a team that was top 20 in both right so fairly similar similar uh teams you want to know what baylor first villanova the score was this year 
A lot to a little. Didn't Villanova score like B turn? If you points. can guess the amount of points Villanova scored against Baylor, <laughs> okay, yeah. he's cheating. I was gonna I say forty-six. It. I was gonna say 46. they scored thirty-six points against Baylor. Now that was a long time ago, early in the season, but it it made me feel a little better. They uh, just clearly. You said it. They don't have the firepower as normal, and so when you when you get up against a KU team, that's I mean Baylor, KU, Texas Tech, those teams that just they play big boy ball. And I don't know. Obviously, Villanova's not going to get punked or out toughed, but I don't know. It just it made me feel better. It might have just been a fluky game. I don't even remember that game, but fifty seven thirty six jumps off the page to you. You could use the same um, argument as Houston, though. Houston was up there in all those analytics, and I mean, they just beat them. But I mean, we were hyping. Disgusting. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that, guys. <laughs> I was gonna ask you guys that too. It's like we've been hyping up Houston, or I mean, I've been hyping them up for a couple months. I feel like, and watching them do what they did against Houston is kind of scary. It's like, yeah, they went one for twenty from three. We probably won't do that, but God, Jay, I mean, they're good defensively, but it feels like they turn it on a little more um, in the tournament. So that's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, I read something in a CJ Moore like primer. He was talking about Villanova and, you know, he's talking about Gillespie and how he just backs you down, backs you down, posts you up. You know, they do the BS pivot. Like old men, old grandpas love the way Villanova plays outside of the <laughs> fact they shoot threes. If they were just taking layups, they'd be the perfect grandpa team. They love the pivot foot. They love to back you down in the post. But this article was talking about how like, Gillespie's a tough matchup for our guys because Remy's a small dude and Dewan, obviously great defender. AB, you mentioned his length, but like he's still he's pretty frail. He's a pretty skinny guy. So you think of him in the post, it kind of worries you. So then CJ Moore threw out the thought of, well, maybe, maybe you put a wing on Gillespie. Like maybe you put a CB or even an Oach on Gillespie. But then he, there was a quote from a coach that was like, whoever guards Gillespie is not going to score for you. Their leg, like from having to get back down the post all night, the defense they're going to have to play, like they just get so tired guarding that dude. So then that kind of threw two things that worried me. One, you can't put Oates or CB because you got to have them scoring. And then Remy, who I think is the most likely going to guard Gillespie most of the time, assuming he gets more minutes than the one, then it scares me there because it's like, is Remy taken out of the game? So like AB, when you were kind of looking at this matchup and I don't know, looking at things like that, does that worry you at all? Or what are some of you – I know you said you had some concerns. Like, what are your main concerns? Well, I mean, yeah, I, the concerns, like I said, were just that fact that, you know, guards posting up and they just take a lot of threes. Those are really them. But yeah. I, to me, I can – I see a lot of time. And I know Bill said that he's not concerned about the bigs' health now anymore and they should be good to go. I could just really see us going, like, small with them. And having Dewan and Remy on the court at the same time, maybe going back and forth with who's guarding Gillespie, sticking Dewan on him most of the time. Hopefully Remy can take care of whoever else. And then we don't have to worry about Dave, you know, getting run out on three-point line on defense or getting blown by if someone drives past him like we saw in Creighton a handful of times. So I I would like to see five guard a lot or a decent amount, maybe 15 minutes in the game, 20 minutes in the game, and then split Mitch and Dave up for those other 20. But I don't know. I mean, it's – I didn't read that article, but just you saying that, I would hope that we would stick Dewan on him and because Dewan's not yeah, scoring exactly. for us anyways. But was it just yeah. a scoring thing that CJ mentioned or that coach mentioned, or is it like they're just not doing anything on offense? Because I know we well, talked about like Dewan they, not they, scoring, but he's still like leading the charge when he's in the game. They said it was like more of a the way you have to guard Gillespie requires so much like leg strength because you're like holding your ground and like really trying hard in the post. And so it's a little different defensive matchup than guys are used to. All of a sudden they're quickly like feeling it in their legs or leaving shots short. They're gassed. So, yeah, I mean, that's why Dewan is the perfect fit. I just I worry about his size and, and holding him there. So Gillespie's going to be a. He's going to be tough regardless, but he really – he has not been that good in the tournament yet. And I see some people not even sure he's fully healthy. So let's just um, – let's hope that stays that way. There was a guy that we played against last Sunday that was killing us and getting to every spot on the floor that he wanted to and that Dewan shut down in the second half. That's yeah. mm-hmm. same size as 
I just looked it up. McGusty six five one ninety or yeah, McGusty six five one ninety, Gillespie six three one ninety. So I mean I feel Yeah, I, but well you're right, but like I don't McGusty wasn't really posting Dewan, was he? No, but I feel like yeah. we got out to it. I mean, in the first half, I feel like he kind of got to the rim a little bit. But yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Dewan's just yeah. I like that he's really long too, because it's like Gillespie might get get in the paint, back down, shoot a little fader, and uh, yeah. I feel like Dewan can make it tough with his long arms. And I don't you know. You could I, also deny post too. I mean, if Dewan's smart enough, it just I don't know if we're gonna want to face guard Gillespie twenty four seven, but just don't let him get down there. Maybe that's easier said than done, but keep him out on the perimeter. And, and here's what I'll say. This we are not losing a game because of the way Dewan Harris plays defense. Like no. that's a good way to think about it, is like that dude is too good defensively for us to like it may be an issue a couple play, but like it is not going to be something where over and over again you just see Dewan Harris losing his defensive matchup. The dude's too good at defense. I don't care if he's small. It's like it's gonna be fine. It was just I thought it was an interesting article and and something that concerned me a little bit. Um all right. My simple brain, here's how I feel about it. If this game is played in the 50s, I think we're going to lose. If it's played in the 60s, I think we win. If it's played if we get in the 70s, I think like B turn said, I think we win by double digits. How do you feel about that simple brain assessment? I, AB. I mean, are you guys worried all we're sleeping on their offense a little bit? I mean, we're like the way you guys are talking is acting like they can't score more than sixty points. I know more got hurt. They're still a top they 10 don't... offensive efficiency team. I know they want to play slow, but they can be efficient yeah. if we speed up the pace a little bit. We've seen it before. I mean, the game I just mentioned. I know they shot out their asshole, but they still scored eighty-five points. I just love our defense right now. Like, I, yeah, some, I'm not saying some of bad, the halves. But... Some of the halves we put together in Chicago. Like, I feel like if it came down to it late in games, they would be able to get a ton of stops. I don't yeah. know. I just and. One of my biggest things, too, is I feel like we're built for this game. Like, just our resume throughout the year. It's like we play – Big 12 has a ton of teams that play slow and that play really good defense. So, it's like – and we're two rounds in a row playing against – or, I guess, second round in Sweet 16, we played against Big East teams. So, it's like – I feel like we're used to that style of play, and I feel like we're built for it, dude. Like, Ken Palm, our defense is ahead of them. Um, so, I feel – if we and they're without one of their – maybe their best player. So it's like, I just feel like if we play decent to good, we'll end up winning. So AB, you take out a, you take out the 15 seed. They played their last couple games, 50, 63, 71, 54, 63, 66. Then I think their last regular season game, they scored 78 against an atrocious Butler team. So like, I don't know. I just, I don't, my point being, we're not going to lose because they play better offense than us. Like, I think that if this game's a shootout, we're winning the game. Probably. But <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just don't want to, like, lock it in that they're going to score 57 points. And yeah, all we need to get to is the 60 mark to win. Like, I do think there's a scenario where they put up 70 points or, you know, high 60s. And yeah. it's not a complete knockout of a defensive battle. But, you know, there's a little bit of pace to it. Because, I mean, they're very efficient. We They play very slow, but like I said, yeah. we speed them up, which I, that's ideal for us. Like, I'd like to speed them up, get them out of their comfort zone. But I don't want to make it sound like they're not capable of hitting shots or getting hot or, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I right. just, I, I'm not saying that will happen. It's just I want to not say it's impossible. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I almost – I, I mean, the stakes are huge, and they've won two titles in the last five tournaments or whatever. But I feel like there's almost no pressure on Villanova because, like Rice said, they're everyone's picking us. They're without one of their best players, one of the best players in the country. So it's like they can come out and just play free. And who knows? I mean, they got um, Gillespie and Samuels, who could are obviously both capable of going for twenty plus. Like Gillespie could hit five, six threes on you. He could get hot <laughs> quick. Like he could score eight straight points quick. So it's like got a bunch of vets. They're gonna be inspired and. They got that championship pedigree, so it's kind of scary. Are they happy to be yeah. here? I was I I don't know if we talked about that, and it's something I wanted to bring up. They, if you're looking for a well, see, Carolina, Carolina would be, but would, if Carolina was playing anybody but Duke, they would be happy to be here. Yeah, you can't be happy to be there with Duke and Coach K <laughs> in their last game on the other side. So, like, if anyone's gonna fit the vibe of happy to be here, 
it's definitely Villanova, especially now that Moore got hurt. And, like, I don't know. It just – yeah, for sure. If you're looking for that team – to me, it kind of feels like roles are – I mean, we're not the clear best team all year, but, like, roles almost feel a little bit – like, I remember before that 2018 game, you were reading stuff, you're looking at stuff, and you're like, this is a nightmare <laughs> matchup for Kansas. Like, it was like – Yudoka Azubuki doesn't have a good knee. He's already immobile as it is, and he's got to keep up with Spellman. Like this is this could get ugly. Like I think we all knew that was possible. And I I think if you're looking at it from a positive positive KU glasses, like you could also and maybe Villanova fans feel this way. You could look at this matchup for Nova fans right now and be like. This could get like if Kansas plays their A game the way we played against Miami we could blow them out without Justin Moore. So I don't, I don't want it to sound like I'm getting overconfident. I'm just saying like the roles almost feel reversed as they were in 2018 where we were happy to be there and it probably wasn't our ideal matchup for who we were going to face in the Final Four. Um, so I feel good. Um, I threw this out in the text chain before we started that I was going to hit you guys with this. And it may be similar, but it, it it's something I've been thinking about because I'm a psychopath. What is... What is the wor- absolute worst case scenario? Whereas Tuesday morning, you wake up and you're just <laughs> disgusted. You just, and maybe it's not Tuesday morning, maybe it's Sunday morning. But like, what is the scenario that happens this weekend where it's just the worst way things could go down? AB, I'll start with you. To me, it's. It's got to be losing to Nova, but in a game where you feel like you should have won. Um, just because it's like, if you lose to Nova, we've talked about this for the last three episodes. Like, they're a team that we feel like we are better than and we should beat. So that feels like it would be a situation where 5, 10, 20 years from now, we look back and, like, you know, say Bill retires and he doesn't get another ring. This is going to feel like one of those missed opportunities. So losing to Villanova in a game that we feel like we should have won or could have won or got screwed over or whatever it may be, yeah. and then Duke goes on to win the championship. Yeah, My I'm... stomach just got ill when mm-hmm. you said that, so yeah, that's a good pick. I'm scared to lose to them again like we did in 16. Like We were better, and the game was just super <laughs> ugly, and give us that possession back with Devontae at the end of the game. I mean, I watched highlights no. of that the other night for no reason, but Devontae tried to <laughs> – the foul sucked, but Devontae tried to split a double team with like yeah. 28 seconds left. If he just passes to Frank, they had two defenders picking up at half court. They, he just passed back yeah, to Frank. Yeah, there was no rush. There were, I Who mean, knows we what down, happens. But there was, like if we yeah. get a shot up there. Um, but yeah, yeah I, would, I mean, I was just going to say, yeah, fuck, why am I thinking about old games? <laughs> I love that we just analyzed the 2016 Elite Eight game on a whole nother. Um, okay, go ahead. Go with your worst case. Yeah, I would just, I was going to say that basically I didn't think about losing a game we should have won, but just us losing. Because I feel stupid confident about playing for the Natty and then Duke winning it. Because it's obviously yeah. like if we lose to Duke and the Natty, that sucks ass because it's Coach K, but it's like you're in the Natty. That's... Right. Yeah. But okay. Okay. So I, I like this because you guys have a different one than me because you're right. <laughs> I can live with us beating Nova, us getting to a Natty and losing to Duke, but it kind of goes in with what AB just said. I want you to sit down and picture yourself second half against Villanova or against Duke in the national title game. You're sitting there. You're feeling good. Hawks may have a little bit of a lead. Uh, You're feeling good. All of a sudden, that Coach K whistle comes into play. Coach K getting their ear. Hey, this is is my last game. Um, We've got to see. I mean, you know he's in their ear. And next thing you know, Cox, he called for four or five, six little ticky-tack fouls. Duke makes free throws late. They win the game late. And A.B., similar to how you said it, you don't want to lose a game you feel like you had control in, like this Villanova game. That, to me, we will talk about that for the rest of our lives, about how we had a lead in the second half against Duke and Coach K's final game, and they got every call down the stretch. Like, that makes me physically ill right now to the point where I, like, I want to go vomit. So, and, like, you hear, I don't know, like, you follow Big Cat and Wisconsin fans, and, like, that's how they feel. That's what, like, they feel like that game in 2015 went. Now, that everyone thinks different. they got that. Yeah. But they're not, they're not getting back. Like, we could very much be back next year if we're not banned from the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to have our chances yeah. to get another one. Wisconsin, they're, who, who the hell knows if they're ever going back to the title game. Like, 
losing to Duke, I can I couldn't live can live with because it's like whatever. If that team wins the title, it's like credit to them. They what they've done these last few weeks wildly impressive. But what I can't do is like a game that it becomes a ref show where we struggle late and they get a bunch of free throws and oh, I, I can't have that be the way we go out. So, um, so AB said this like this week and that's all I've been thinking about is if we win, it would just be so nice to sit back and watch one of the best rivalries in college basketball and just see, but I want to ask you two, I don't, I feel like I don't know how you guys are going to answer this, but are you guys going to cheer your nards off for UNC or do you kind of want to beat Duke? <laughs> I know where Ryan feels. I want give me Carolina all day. Give me the lesser team. We'd be. I think it I saw seems... look at headlines. We'd be four and a half point favorites against Carolina, and it'd be like that. I've seen both yeah. plus one against Duke, minus one against Duke, and pick them against Duke. So if Duke and yeah. we haven't done this in a while, but a classic example of what can you picture? You know what I can <laughs> no. picture? Coach K and his shit eating grin up on the podium. <laughs> With Mickey holding up the title, just oh Jim Nance and all those corny things he'll come up with. Grant Hill, I can picture that. I don't know if I can picture Hubert Davis in year number one holding up the title as an eight seed. No, I just I think North Carolina is gonna get their. I think they're gonna get their doors blown off by Duke. To be honest, but I do too. Um. So if we're going with our stupid brain theory, AB, I think we'll see Duke. But yeah, I, I want North Carolina. I think that would be a super fun game, super up tempo, just offense. Like, but I would trust us more late in a close game because I think we're battle tested from the Big Twelve and playing those games. So like, I would feel really good about North Carolina in the title game. But yeah. you know, if you're if you're thinking best case scenario, so yeah, I guess I'll throw that out. Take away matchups, take take away everything, just from a pure standpoint of we talk worst case scenario is the clear answer for best case scenario is we like play Duke and absolutely pump them in the title game. Like, is that, that's gotta be the best case scenario. Right? I mean, would that not be like the greatest feeling of our whole lives just from watching sports beating Duke? It is. First of all, yeah. like just Duke, first of all, in the national championship in coach K's last game ever. Like that'd yeah. be, that'd be the best, like that would be better than 08. That would be, I feel like that would be better than, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, honestly, just especially with how yeah. hard this tournament is to win. Yep. AB, you got any spins on that? Not really. I mean, probably beating Duke, but I just, if we win a national title, I don't think, unless you guys are really sick in the head, like the first five minutes after winning that game, it's not going to be thinking about who we beat. It's more going to be like, holy shit, we get to hang another banner. We're the best team in the country this year. Like, yeah. looking back, though, knowing that that was Kay's last game. <laughs> I would, yeah, best-case scenario is beat the hell out of Duke and, you know, move yep. on from him being in the sport <sighs> like he's been for two of our lifetimes. But feels so far away, yet um, it could happen. It one, more, could. one more thing I can picture, especially after uh, Chicago, is Remy Martin up on the stage holding the trophy going nuts. I mean, that, that guy's mint. One. <laughs> he is mint for holding up a trophy on the stage. Like, that guy lives for that moment. I think we're going to win. Oh, so we got to wrap this up. We got to wrap it up. So I want to get final. So last time we're going to speak on these airwaves, I think maybe we, I guess we might record like Sunday or something. If we win, if we lose done, but uh, (laughs) what are your official predictions? Take emotions out of it. Just take, you know, take common sense. Use your brain. Let's uh, what are your predictions? B turn. I'll go to you first. For the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, Let's start with each game. Yeah, so I got Kansas beating the Villanova Wildcats in a little revenge action from 16 and 18. 66. No, we'll go 67-59. And then I got – I think – I agree with you. I think Duke's going to kill UNC. Um, They've been waiting to play them. They got embarrassed at Cameron Indoor. Um I think they're going to kill them. Like, I think it'll be double digits. Might be close for a half, but they'll pull away. And then, God, everyone's like, everyone's like, it's Duke's just meant to win it. Like, it's written. I like, I feel good. We got a bunch of vets, and it's going to be against a bunch of younger guys on a huge stage to, and the pressures, I feel like the pressure will be on them to win K the Natty. Not a ton of pressure on us. Um, I think KU is going to beat Duke in the national championship. Love it. 
AB, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know, because I know if I take the Hawks, <laughs> we're all going to be taking the Hawks, and I don't want that to be the case. We mean nothing. We know nothing. We mean I nothing. No, but here's one other thing that's in my Say head. what you actually think. I want to hear it. Well, okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'll say what I actually think, but it ties along with this point, and we've said it long throughout the tournament so far, and we were dead on. When everyone thinks something's going to happen, it usually doesn't happen. We said it with Iowa. We said it with Kentucky going to the Final Four. Like, those two things were sharpied in for Iowa to get to the Sweet 16 to play us and Kentucky go to the Final Four out of that region, and then neither happened, neither were, frankly, even close to happening. So I'll take Carolina. I'll take the Tar Heels beating the Blue Devils. Uh, 83-77. And I guess I'll take the Hawks, 76-64. And uh, can you just imagine the letdown spot for North Carolina after beating Duke in that game? Just the emo- yeah. like, obviously, it's hard to not show up Back. for a national championship game, but you just ended Coach K's career. You beat your biggest rival back to back time, second time in a month. It's, I'm not saying that they won't be fired up to play in the championship, but there's a little bit of like a natural letdown of just like, holy right. shit. Yeah. That felt Are so they hanging big. the banner before they even get there right. because of the way they just beat Duke? So, and like you said, is a, guy named, is a guy yeah. named Hubert winning a national championship in his first year? No. So, <laughs> I'll take I'll take the Hawks beat in Carolina a, a lot to a little like eighty nine to 52. that will be okay that will be the mo- like that clip will be on old takes exposed so fast if uh, Carolina wins title but I don't know like so I felt pretty confident about Villanova or us beating Villanova I don't know if I feel enough confidence to say we win by double digits I could see it being a game where we have it in under control in the second half maybe. But Villanova's not going to go away, and I do think it's a game we're going to have to sweat. Um, So I'll say Hawks, 71, Villanova, 67. I'll say Villanova covers four and a half, 71, 67. But a game where they just kind of claw back, claw back. Gillespie makes some threes where Nance, we... Villanova calls a quick timeout, and Nance is like, they're not dead yet. Like, you know, typical late-game college player stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so I see that happening. I see Duke. I'm kind of with V-Turn. All-time revenge game for Duke. All-time revenge game. And it's just like if Duke has any spine at all, they're going to give it to North Carolina. And I do think North Carolina is fresh off playing a 15 seed. I I like Duke to kind of – control that or at least run away in the second half to win by double digits KU Duke I don't even want to get into trying to analyze that game I'm obviously never picking against the Hawks in a title game against Coach K we owe him his first title was against Kansas his last title cannot be against Kansas the Hawks get revenge we win the national title so now I'm worried because I just said the whole thing about Carolina beating Duke because everyone and maybe not KU winning the title because not everyone's picking that, but everyone is taking KU to beat Nova. And I it agree. Kind of it feels is way too popular that KU Duke are going to be in the finals, like I said before. So I feel like it's, it's us. Maybe it's us that loses. I feel like it's almost but tough, lot, tough to take Nova right now, though. But guess what? I mean, Baylor and Gonzaga played in the title game last year. Like a lot of times, the two best teams play in the title game, or at least the two best teams that get to the final four. You know what I mean? Like, can I tell you something? What I wanted to see how we were ranking. So I've talked about it before with Torvik. If you like, you can customize the date range or whatever, and it ranks the yeah. teams from a certain time. So I went back to the day after we lost to TCU just to see where we were. And we were still at number three. Guess who was number one? Duke. North Carolina. Villanova? Oh, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. yeah. North Carolina's number one since March 4th, I think is what I put in. Um, wow. Maybe they are the best team. They're yeah. at the right time. I mean, they, they could be good. If they fire. beat Duke, if they beat Duke two times in a row, that's an all-time storyline. But I love your theory on the letdown. All-time can you, letdown. Game. Can you imagine uh, Duke and Carolina fans this week? Oh, my God. Coach I, K will come back if he loses Carolina. He will. The Tom Brady thing, it, it got his brain thinking like he's, he's coming back it. if they lose. Like, and he'll run back the whole retirement tour again, too, and we'll get sick of it. <laughs> They've, time. they've never met in the tournament before. Now they're meeting in the semifinals in Coach K's last year. Like the nerves of that. Like, can you imagine KU Mizzou or KU K State in the national semifinal? I would yeah. be so nervous. Like, you can't lose that game. 
No. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Both teams feel like they can't lose it. Because if North Carolina loses it, it takes away from that that win at Cameron in the year. Because now Duke fans can say, yeah, you won Coach K's last game, but then we pumped you in the Final Four, so who cares? <laughs> North Carolina needs this win. But I love the word. All pumped. right, we've gone, we've gone way too long. we got to wrap up. Um, we're two days away, boys. I'm so excited. I feel – I hate how feel how good I feel about the Hawks, but uh, if you're going to New Orleans, everyone have a good time. It's going to be a great weekend. It's just like we've said, being in the Final Four is the best, and uh, we'll be back hopefully on Sunday to recap a big old win against the Villanova Wildcats and hopefully preview a national title game for Monday night. Wow. That's it. Rock chalk. Rock chalk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.